Hello, non-believers. This is Chuck Flamingo here. Just letting you know that this is one of two episodes where Mr. Nappy and I did not know that the microphone we were using was dying. So the sound quality may be a little off than normal. We do apologize about this, and these will be the only two episodes where this would be a problem. See you next time, non-believers. Welcome to Comic Book Zero. Hi, Mr. Nappy. And I'm Chuck Flamingo. How you doing, Chuck? I'm all right. You ready for this next comic? Okay. It's almost like standing in front of a firing squad, but I think I think I'm happy with this one. I think I'm okay. I'm a little shocked that you picked this uh, comic out the bin here. Well, I with a blindfold on. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, what are the odds that I'll get a comic book based on a Robert Townsend movie? I know. Or the Robert Townsend movies based off the comic book. I haven't figured out which came first yet. You know, I was really surprised they made a Meteor Man comic book. I mean, Did but it, the character looked legit. Like, like literally had the mustache, had the porn mustache and everything, just like Robert Townsend has. It's, it's really good. <laughs> I was very impressed. For those of you who don't know who Robert Townsend is, he is he's actually a really good movie director. He came about uh, during the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, during the new wave of, of, of black directors coming out. Like Keenan Wayans. Keenan Wayans. He did Hollywood Shuffle. Yeah, and um, he was part of the same group as uh, Spike Lee, John Singleton. Should totally check all those guys out. In the meantime, we have to check out Meteor Man, which technically would be the first Marvel black superhero on the big screen back in 1993. What about Blade? Yeah, Blade was 98. Okay. Or 99. There, there was, there's got to be somebody else. I, but I will, I will, I will acquiesce to your, to your knowledge. But I'm telling you, there's got to be somebody else. It's, this, is a, this is the 20th, 20th century going to the 21st century. There had to be somebody else as a black superhero before that. Before Meteor Man? Yes, please. Okay, I'll. Okay, if I found somebody, I'll interrupt myself right now in the editing before we read it and. Here we go. Did I find anything? I Feature Chuck? you didn't. Hello, past Chuck and past Mr. Nappy. This is Feature Chuck Flamingo, giving you the answers you so desperately need. As for Meteor Man, which came first, the movie or the comic book, the movie was in production well in its way until the comic book was signed on as a side promotional product with Marvel. So technically, the movie came before the comic book, and therefore, the movie is not based on a comic book. Now, as the first black superhero to appear on the screen, was 1977 black exploitation film Abar, the first black Superman. Yes, everything about that title should tell you exactly what this movie is about. Now, the very first superhero at all, which is a masked vigilante fighting for justice, to appear on sil- the silver screen was no other than Zorro, who, as everyone will know, is Latino. Back to you guys in the past. <laughs> And there we go. That's our answer. So, uh, let's go ahead and read this issue of Meteor Man. Okay. Okay, yeah, Mr. Nappy. Wow. Wow, I just sweat through the whole thing. I was, wow, this is so... It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. (laughs) Chuck, you want to just give him a quick synopsis of what we read here? Okay, so in this issue of Meteor Man, which is obviously not the first one, it's some later one, um, there were, there's a crime going on in Washington, D.C., and that crime has affected, uh, New York City, 
in, in some area of New York City, there is a new guy called the Night Thrasher. And the Night Thrasher is checking, is following the lead of all these drugs going to his part of New York City, back to Washington, D.C., and him and Meteor Man butt heads because they don't quite understand each other until they find out that a bigger guy named the Triad is, um, is the one who's running everything. They're about to fight the Triad, but the Triad split himself into three, and then it's a cliffhanger. And we're left bewildered. The thing I liked about it was Night Thrasher is actually a, a low-level superhero in the Marvel world, I believe. Um, and it was pretty cool that, you know, everybody has a little territory, yada, yada, yada. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So in New York City, does every street or neighborhood have their own superhero? Yeah, think about it. Daredevil works in Hell's Kitchen. Okay. Um, you have Spider-Man comes out of Queens. You have the Fantastic Four and the Avengers are in Manhattan, um, have big towers in the Manhattan. Um, they have some superheroes out of Brooklyn. They use all the triboroughs. Then you have then you have other places where people come from. But Marvel pretty much centers on New York City for everything. So different sections um, have different superheroes. Now the, the cinematic universe, they they do not cross paths between each other. Uh, too much. Like, for instance, you, like until now, like you're seeing like a Spider-Man show up in Civil War, and he's from Queens, but he's working there. You have the Daredevil and Jessica Jones series, who's in Hell's Kitchen, but they're directly affected by the events that happen in New York from the other heroes. So, in the Marvel Universe comic book world, everybody's everywhere. There's eight million stories in the city, and through those eight million stories, there's a bunch of superheroes crossing paths and fighting crime that goes. You would think that they would have stopped all this crime, but yeah, I was thinking about that. You know, so like uh, either either they would stop all the crime, or the police union would be so upset that they're not able to do their jobs because all these vigilantes are coming in and mm -hmm. mucking up the works and being uh, all illegal. They can't prosecute any of these thugs because mm -hmm. they just got beaten up. It's not like they did any crimes because all the superheroes destroyed all the evidence during the fight. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So the superheroes are actually a detriment to the Justice Department of New York City. They they ruin the city. Every fight takes down people and property. But that ruins and the you would whole... you would wonder if how they're paying for this budget. Like the the insurance that the city has to take out to fix everything must be outrageous. <laughs> yes. So it was a little bit refreshing that Meteor Man was in uh, Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Now. What does Meteor Man do? What are his powers? Because it's probably explained in the early issues, but in this one, I have no idea. Well, basically, uh, Meteor fell, and he touched the Meteor, and the Meteor gave him power. So he can super hearing, he can, he has the super, it's almost like everything Superman can do, he can do, pretty much. All right, so he's super But it's based on touching the, the meteorite, and his powers will go away once the meteorite's effects go, go away. Okay, so his... Superpowers are time. So he, does he always recharge by going back and touching the meteor? Yes. So he has a chunk of meteor and he can touch it and whatever. Okay, so, so the meteor broke up. So it's kind of opposite Superman. The 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 meteor, the kryptonite that Superman touches, yeah, that's his, power. his powers and it just shards everywhere. Well, this particular meteorite just shards everywhere, and every time he has the keeps as much as he can, gets his powers and boom, that's it. I like it. Put some detention there. All right. Yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. What is bad is his costume. 
The design yeah. of this costume is so boring. Who chooses all gray? Listen, and a gray cape. Listen, man. Night Thrasher looks like a like a discount uh, Judge Dread. Yes. All right, exactly. and that's uh, that's okay. But but, uh, like, but you have to understand that DC and Marvel rob each other of ideas. They they copy each other all the time. Judge Dread, DC. Like like Arrow and Hawkeye. Like like um, there's always somebody that's exactly like somebody that you see in Marvel Comics in the DC comic universe. So that's that's understandable if you know because you look at the way that the superheroes wear their tights with the underwear on the outside for so many years. That was a fashion trend. And then it went to leather when the X-Men movies started coming out. So think about how that has changed over the years. But it's gray underpants over a gray suit with a gray belt Superman. and with a gray cape. Superman. Batman. Yeah, I know, but they had colors. Batman, uh, like, Batman has different shades of uh, black, and his, he has a costume that's the, actually quite dynamic. In the 80s, they invented spandex, and everything went haywire. <laughs> but goes, I just bro. don't know why he's all gray. Gray is a very neutral, boring color to look at. It's all right. He's actually green and white and gray in the comic, in the movie. Um, the comic book, he has him gray. With his green eyes when he's using his mama, His mama uh, so, uh, created his outfit. Um, she's a tailor and she made her, his outfit for him. Um, it's very, it's really interesting. Oh, okay, so his mama made his costume, so, yeah. you know, she kind of had to get it on the cheap. Yeah. Um, overall, the quality of the comic wasn't bad. I mean, it was, was it? better than Nth Man. Oh, a lot of things are better than Nth Man. <laughs> Did I but, mention that already, that everything is better than Nth Man? A lot of things are better oh, than Nth okay. Man. Nth Man drove me nuts about this one is the actual storytelling aspect of it is pretty terrible. Of course it is, because they got C to D list, list uh, writers to put it on. You're going to be like, what? Well, it looks yeah. like, like the, the story they were trying to tell was too big for this one issue. So they narrated all of it. And narration is always the worst thing to because do. You want to hear, you want to get want, the character. You want them to be active. You want to, uh, like, understand their motivations by, um, by their actions and how to deal with people in evil situations. But, like, a really crappy film noir not, uh, book it, or it, movie, it's like there's, I walked out of the club. I felt so bad. I got a drink. I went to go fight some bad guys. I fought the bad guys. I met the Night Thrasher. Who's the Night Thrasher? Then go over to the night, point of view of the Night Thrasher. I fought some bad guys. I met Meteor Man. Is he a bad guy? I'm going to fight him. This is such a black exploitation comic book at this point. Is it? I feel like it because it's gang mentality. You got this dude who runs his gang in D.C. And you got this other dude that runs his gang in New York. Oh, well, no. And, you know, they, they're something, but they're, but they're superheroes. They want, they don't want anything coming in their territory. So they find out there's drugs in their territory. Oh, look, I'm going to, I'm going to be able, oh, I'm going to have to take care of this. Oh, who's this dude? I don't know who you are. Why are you here? Get out of my, this, this, ain't, your, this ain't your turf. Why are you here? Maybe you're part of the problem. Okay, well, okay, Night Thrasher is invading Meteor, Man, uh, Meteor Man's space in Washington, D.C., because Meteor Man, for some reason, is the only superhero in Washington, D.C. Allegedly, there's not enough buildings to swing from, so Spider-Man... Yeah, yeah, Spider-Man, so you have to take a cab. Um, but what I like about Meteor Man, the thing that really made me like him the most was that he's a substitute teacher. Yes. And he's trying to fight the gangs in his school, and he teaches music, and... He's trying to be a role model to the kids that he teaches. Yeah, that's great because um, I've had teachers who you don't really think anything about, and uh, he was really stickler to the rules mm -hmm. until one day I found out that he was part of, of a Nirvana tribute band. What? Yeah, 
He's selling Nirvana. Did you get his autograph? No. Oh, okay. But But, uh, that's incredible that a teacher who you think should be a a pencil-pushing nerd who shouldn't have a life out of its own is actually doing something really incredible. Well, it was great. He's bald like you. And uh, when he did the tribute band, he wore, like, a big blonde wig. So he could be Kirk Bain. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. And, like, I have another teacher who uh, was part of the feminist protest movement back in the, in, in the 70s. And, like, you know, because teachers are people, too. And it's kind of a fun idea to have a teacher who's also a superhero uh, trying to teach kids and to try and save them uh, outside of school. And I think that's pretty cool. But all that is ruined with all this shitty narration. Yes. It drove me nuts. He deserves, like, Meteor Man deserves a better costume and a, a, a better storyteller. Not really the story itself. It's like he deserves a storyteller. So I don't know if I could recommend this. I, I will not recommend this at all except for nostalgia purposes for the people who have seen Meteor Man because Meteor Man is like one of those cult classic movies in my in my life? Yeah, it had James Earl Jones. Yeah, <laughs> it's got every Bill Cosby, James Earl Jones, and a ton oh, of people. Yeah, you can't really movie. say Bill Cosby. Why not? <laughs> hey, is he in jail for any charges? No. no. So, I mean, But hey. there's a public perception again. Public perception. <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, that's... Do you think there, there could be, like, a, a Meteor Man goes to Washington type of story, like Mr. Smith goes to Washington, like Meteor Man tries to do education reform in not, Congress. Not unless you write it. And finds out that Congress is in league of some evil dark association that's trying to dumb down kids with standardized tests. I think that would be ridiculously cool. <laughs> I think that would be cool. I think I think maybe we should write it. There you go, Marvel. If you want to hire us to write a comic book, we will do a Meteor Man comic book. We, we will totally... We will revive Meteor Man for you. You guys will make some loot off of it. Let's say, let's uh, say you make about a couple of billion dollars off of the rights. It'd be awesome. <laughs> The final verdict. The character's um, nice. I give it one thumbs up. I can't give it two. I can't recommend the comic book, but I like the character. I say, I say, buy it just because it's the number one and put it in your collection because you just never know. You may have some grandkids go, what the hell is a meteor, man? You never know. <laughs> and uh, that would be my theory. That's all I got, That's all you got? Okay. That's all I got. Say yes to the character, no to the actual comic book itself. So that's kind of a mixed thing. Down with the D-list writers. Yeah, there you go. All right, and uh, if you don't want to read the comic book, there's always the movie from 1993, uh, directed and starred and written by Robert Townsend. It was a complete, completely great movie. Completely great movie. There you go, from Mr. Nappy himself. So if you don't like it, uh, spam him. <laughs> All right, so, uh, okay, non-believers, until next time. <laughs> See you then. All right, bye-bye. Bye.